This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a wedding pet attendant. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check. A nationwide pet insurance alternative, with Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats, regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EZPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet care business owner, a cat and dog person, a foodie, a cocktail lover, tea drinker, someone with a pretty serious sweet tooth. She's originally from New Orleans, currently lives in Castleberry, Florida. She loves a road trip and is a hopeful world traveler. She's wife to George and has an upcoming 20-year anniversary to celebrate. And she's mom to Daniel, a 14-year-old teenager who takes drum lessons. That's all you need to know about that. Her name is Generice Mejia, and she is a wedding pet attendant. Welcome, Generice. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to see you again and to get into your new project of wedding pet attending. But before I go any further, anybody participating in our drinking game today, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is cakes which will be wedding related, take a drink, but make sure you're over 21 to drink or however old you need to be in whatever country you're watching from. <laughs> Never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So I'm having a uh, an espresso martini today because oh. I've had a rough week and I was a feeling a little low energy. And so um, vodka, Kahlua and espresso. It gave me life. Vodka can give you life. Or nine lives if I were a cat. Yeah, for sure. So cheers. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you um, you. for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you so much. What are you drinking today, Janarese? I am drinking Barbersville Moscato. It's their Fileo Moscato. It's absolutely delish. And it's from Virginia, right? Barbersville is is a winery in Virginia where I think I've been to that one. It's a wonderful winery. I went to Virginia in November for Thanksgiving to get away, get out in the mountains. And on the way back home, we stopped at Barbersville Vineyard and did some wine tasting and came back with 12 bottles of wine. So I think we brought, I think we bought three of those. Nice. Well, thanks for popping one today for me in honor of my previous life in Virginia, because I'm pretty (laughs) sure is Barbersville in Charlottesville. No, it's on the way to Charlottesville. We were in Standardsville and on our way out of Standardsville. It's very close to Standardsville. On our way out of Standardsville, we ran into 
by chance, by the way. I just said, hey, let's go to another winery before we leave, as if we hadn't been to several already. But on our way out of Standardsville, we ran into Barbersville and it was wonderful. It was definitely worth it. Virginia wine country is so beautiful. I think people who who haven't been have no idea just how nice it is. Yes. And even if you're not a big wine, wine drinker, there's even, there's a cider, that there's a cider vineyard there. You can go to a cider vineyard. Is it called a cider vineyard? What is a cidery? It's called Cider Works. What is the name of that place? Cider Works. I think it's called Cider Works Vineyard. I think it's called, it's an actual cider vineyard. That's what they make there. Very cool. That's very cool. I don't think I've been to a cider vineyard ever. I've been to a cidreria in Spain, which is where they have like the tanks full of cider. But I don't think they had any like apple trees or whatever cider is made of anywhere near there. It was just like the, I guess the brewery equivalent of cider. I love it because I'm not a, I'm not a beer drinker, although I really have tried. My husband's Mexican. I have tried. I have tried. It's not working. And so cider is kind of my thing. So being able to taste different kinds was really great. That's awesome. Actually, being on the border with Mexico in El Paso, we have access to Mexican beers that aren't really common elsewhere. And we love the Mexican beers. Everybody thinks of Mexican beer and thinks of like Modelo or Corona, but there's way more than that. And there's some really good ones. Right. Most Mexicans don't drink Corona. <laughs> so, some drink Modelo, but uh, there are many, many others. There are definitely uh, lots more uh, spring breakers drinking Coronas than there are Mexican <laughs> right. nationals exactly. drinking Coronas, for sure. So, Janice, you're the only person so far that I've interviewed on this show that doesn't have a pet of their own in their home. And I want to highlight that because I want to highlight that you can be a pet lover and not have a pet at home, Right. Yes, it is definitely possible. Now, I will say, don't tell anyone, but I keep wanting a turtle. They do live a long time. I had a client who had a turtle who unfortunately passed away in the last few months, but her turtle was 36. She's had that turtle since she was like four. And so they last a long time. But I also kind of think that I want maybe a mouse or something like that, that can like put in a ball and run around my house on his own. But I know that I don't want a cat or a dog because it's going to be my cat or dog. And I don't, I personally don't have time for a cat or a dog. And after a week, my son won't want to pick up poop and my husband's not going to do it. So it'll be my dog or my cat. And so see, you don't actually have to have them in your house or you can try something different like a mouse or a ferret or a Well, ferrets are a little feisty, but, you know, something a little smaller, a betta fish, you know, there you go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we need to normalize being a pet person who doesn't currently have a pet and that's okay for whatever reason it is. You can still be a pet aficionado. You run a pet care business in Florida, so you have plenty of access to pets. You get your fill and then you get Mm -hmm. to return them. Just kind of like the people who love babies, but don't want babies of their own. They get to hold the baby play with the baby and then hand it back. Exactly. Exactly. So you've got it. Yeah. No one needs needs to be feel bad about that. No, not at all. No. And you know what? There are a lot of people who have lost a pet that aren't ready and they may not be ready for years. Right. And so it's okay. And that's nobody just, just nobody needs to have a pet when they're not ready for it or their schedule doesn't allow it. That's they're a big responsibility. Right. Or their lifestyle doesn't allow it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I want to play a game with you because I know that you have a pet sitting dog walking business, but you're also the like local wedding pet attendant. And like, I feel like that should make you an expert in weddings. Does that, is that how it works? Yes, it does. (laughs) 
<laughs> it does. I actually do have a background in being a wedding planner. In my younger years, I did actually plan weddings. In my other life, uh, I planned weddings. So I do know a lot about weddings, but actually just moving into being able to bring pets to weddings has been very natural. And very often I have to jump into other little roles while I'm there because of the background that I have. Um, Because as you know, some things just don't always go right at a wedding. But if I can make it go right with the pets, then that's what's that's what really a lot of people just want. Wow, people are getting a really big bang for their buck with you because you're like a day of coordinator for the pet and you're the day of (laughs) coordinator backup in case something goes wrong. That's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't just let the groom just stand there with like strings hanging off of them or you, you got to just jump in some kind of way and make it, you know, help it out so, so that it's perfect for them. That sounds amazing. So our first game today, because I'm going to do two and they're both wedding themed. Okay. The first one is called Marriage Matters. And it's basically just traditions of the wedding ceremony and celebration. True or false. You can say true. You can say false. You can elaborate. You cannot if you don't have any elaborating to do. Are you ready to start? Yes. All right. The first one. Rain on a wedding day is always unlucky. True or false? False. It's not always unlucky. The the last wedding that I did, it rained for probably two straight hours. And I don't know if you're familiar with the monsoon style rain that we do here in Florida. It's something absolutely unbelievable. It can literally rain two or three inches inside of an hour. And so it did that the day at last weekend, the day of the wedding and the wedding was outside and it was smoldering and muggy and disgusting. And we ended up bringing it inside and it turned out just as beautiful. And quite frankly, I think better because of how muggy it was the day before at the rehearsal. We were all smoldering and sweating and everyone's hair was poofing. And so it actually (laughs) turned out great that we were inside. So it's not always a curse. Awesome. Discovering a spider on a bride's gown is considered a sign of good luck. True or false? It's true. Apparently, spiders are supposed to be good luck if they're found on the gown. Isn't that strange? Now, okay, now that's tradition as far as the answer goes. But if you ask a bride what would happen if she found a spider on her dress, she would not think that's good luck and she would literally be nervous for the rest of the day. I know. It would really be upsetting. I mean, you spent so much money on this gown and now there's a spider creepy crawly on it. And then she's she's wondering, are there more? (gasps) True. Oh, my gosh. I stayed at a hotel once years ago with my baby boy, the first, my first son. So he was about eight months and there was a spider's nest in the bed. And at first I was like, there's a spider and there's another spider and there's like a lot of spiders. And the next I slept in it anyway with my baby boy. And then I was like, no, there's like a lot of spiders. So they ended up moving my room and long story short, I got a four night stay for free. Um, in Tucson. You're so. a trooper because at the spot of one, I would have had to rip all the sheets off. <laughs> all no, of them. So I, they never confirmed, but they never denied. I think there was a nest inside the duvet. Oh. This is what happens when you're in, you know, Tucson's very wild. This hotel was like really cool and outdoorsy and it just, you know, they mm. moved in. It was hot. They moved in. All right. Next one. White icing is traditionally used on wedding cakes as a sign of purity and affluence. I believe that is true. It sure is. And uh, so those people like with different colors are starting their own tradition. Yes. According to Greek mythology, the groom must not see his bride prior to the wedding ceremony or he risks a lifetime of marital woe. I believe that's true. Although nowadays it's no longer tradition. This is no longer tradition. 
So that is what everybody thinks. But according to the websites that I looked at for this game, apparently that came that tradition of not the groom not seeing the bride before the ceremony is was because they didn't want anybody to get cold feet when their weddings were arranged because <laughs> they could see the lady and be like, nah, ah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I think that that is no longer applicable. And all those, you know, first looks are totally safe because we're no longer arranging marriages. So let's throw that tradition out the window and let brides yeah. and grooms and grooms and grooms and brides and brides do whatever the heck they want. Yeah, now now the first look is very very popular. Although the wedding that I did last weekend, they did they did no first look. It was old school traditional. They didn't see each other after the rehearsal. There's like no any none of that. No nothing. They didn't see each other after the rehearsal until they walked down the aisle. So you know, I don't know. Like I feel like it is everybody has got to do what works for them. Um, we had a bit of a scramble with my husband, so he actually had to put me in my gown. Oh no. <laughs> So he's the one who zipped me up into my gown because all of my, I had one bridesmaid, she was getting dressed, my sister and my mom and my grandmother were all getting dressed. Everybody was busy and the <laughs> photographer was there for the first look and I was like, well, I guess you're zipping me up. And so his best man came in and I was like, hey, can you call Hi, Chris? And so he zipped me up. Chris zipped me up, not his best man. <laughs> that would have been weird. Um, <laughs> that would have been real weird. All right, next one. Back in the day, a bride stood to the left of her groom to keep his right hand, a.k.a. his fighting hand, free so he could fight off any potential suitors that tried to get in between him and the bride during the ceremony and speak out and say, I, what, what is it? What's, I interject. I, I, I interject. <laughs> yes, the I interject. Is that true or false? I'm sure in some strange place it could be true for sure. <laughs> It is true. That's oh the, that's what I hear is that the reason the bride stands on the left is because he had to, you know, be ready to throw some punches if somebody tried to get in, in the way. I mean, these weddings back in the day were very dramatic. Yes, definitely. Speaking of dramatic, veils were originally intended to disguise the bride from any malicious demons. I don't think that that's true, <laughs> but... It certainly could be considering we went through that whole witch thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it is. And apparently the tradition of bridesmaids was to confuse the demons or something. <laughs> People were very, very superstitious back in the day. And I genuinely don't know what back in the day we're talking about. I'm just saying back in the day because I don't know what actual eras this is coming from. Right. But that sounds like something back in those witch days, you know, those. Yes. You know. Uh, Middle Ages, kind of, oh, like yeah. where everything was really dark and scary, or at least that's how it's been painted to us. All right, last one. Egyptian brides are pinched by female guests to wish them good luck. That's interesting. I could see that being true, though. Considering it is true. Been. Apparently it is true. One of my best friends is Egyptian, and I, I was a bridesmaid at her wedding, and I don't remember this, so I'm actually going to message her. She lives in Hong Kong. <laughs> I'm going to message her to verify this, but I didn't have time with the time difference to check in with her but that sounds like a fun tradition i kind of want to start doing that that is a very funny tradition <laughs> see all the different things that you could have, have in your wedding i know so long as they're like cute pinches and not like actual like toddler pinches then yeah like I've, I've yeah i've hated you all your life kind of pinch <laughs> i wanted to marry him pinch <laughs> all right so before we go any further what is your favorite song to dance to at weddings <sighs> favorite song to dance to at weddings odd because it's I, I can pretty much dance to anything but 
if it's ever played, which it's usually not, but sometimes it is if you're in the wedding party, there's a song um, by Etta James called At Last. And yes. it's a very slow, like just, I don't want to say dreary because it's not dreary, but it's, all, it's not, and it's not seductive, but it just sort of scoops you up and takes you along and you just even if you can't dance you can just sort of sway along with it i love it yeah great song that is a great choice and i know that that's like a lot of people's first dance song because it really is just so romantic it is very romantic so obviously you had this experience in wedding planning years back so is that why you decided to take this on as an additional service for your business to do wedding pet attending? No, I think because several people had asked me about it, number one. And number two, I think people really didn't know what to do. Everyone has an idea about their wedding. I want to do this, but they don't know who to ask about that. And as a pet professional, you know so much about pets, their surroundings, their their moods, attitudes, and things like that. And so I more wanted to just be of an assistance to them in their planning process and making this sort of not too traditional thing, be a tradition for them and, and work out well instead of it being a disaster with the dog running down the aisle, you know, and the, the bridesmaid's dress is ripped and torn and it's going with the dog and all these crazy things happening. So I wanted to be able to make it beautiful instead of just this silly thing that a lot of people think that it is. Oh, for sure. I think older generations, you probably say, oh, my dog's going to walk down the aisle or be the ring bearer. And they're like, how? Like, your dog's <laughs> right. supposed to be like tied out a back, out, out back. Like, it's <laughs> right. What are you talking about? So do you do most of the wedding day attending? Or is this part of what your pet sitter dog walkers do as well? I do have other staff that do because sometimes we have more than one wedding on a particular day. So obviously, I can't be, you know, two places at one time. So other people do do it. My staff do it. And it's a lot of fun because we get to dress up and look different, you know, with regular pet sitting days, each one looks different in what they wear. But, you know, when you go to a wedding, I, you know, I have my staff, I'm like, this is not the day to wear your pet sitting clothes. You need to dress up. You need to look nice. You don't have to wear makeup, but your hair can't be dripping. Um, you need to need to look your best. Um, and I always make sure that I get the colors of the wedding so that we blend in and we don't stick out like sore thumbs. So wow. So a lot of fun. Do you do a lot of training? I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of things you want to make sure your pet sitter or your wedding pet attendant is <laughs> aware of before they even arrive to the ceremony. Well, yes. I mean, there's certain things that we want to make sure that happen. And usually when what I do, a meet and greet with the pet parents, we talk through a lot of things that they don't really think about. Because a lot of people want to have their pets in their wedding. But unfortunately, they haven't selected a venue that allows pets, or they allow the pets outside. But this is Florida, we, you know, we rain here over 200 days a year. So if your venue only allows the dog outside, and then your wedding gets moved inside, then you know, yikes. So there's a lot of different things to think about, or maybe their dog is just not suited for a wedding. You know, if they're super feisty or they're going to, they hate crowds, they don't like people. A wedding is, that's really a tall order for them. So there's some things that we have to talk about. And so I, my staff gets to go in on that and they get to be in on the, the meet and greet. And we get to talk through those things and make sure that they understand what the needs are of the pet, what the expectations are of the couple getting married, and also understand the rules of the property because that's very, we want to make sure that we're respectful. If you can, oh, the dog can only be on this side of the property, 
then the dog can be only be on that side of the property. Um, if they can only be in this area or, you know, your disposal of the poop goes in this area, we have to make sure that we're respectful of all of those things. Do you work with some repeat properties that refer to you or do people just call you after they've booked to inquire? Normally it is the wedding planner who makes a suggestion or sometimes the couple themselves, they'll start fishing around on the internet and find something, but the venues, they also know, you know, they know different people. Um, And sometimes they don't, or they don't want to know. depending on the venue, they don't want to know. And it is tricky in suggesting a certain service. Um, A lot of venues don't like to do that because what if that service goes out of business? What if that service gives poor customer service, that sort of thing. So they sort of think of things like I do. I rarely, I rarely stamp my name on something just because I need to know who you are. I need to know your work. I need to know your work ethic. I need to know your standards, that sort of thing. So usually either they're fishing themselves, their wedding planner tells them, or the uh, venue themselves says, hey, do you have someone who's going to take care of your dog during your wedding? And then they start thinking, oh, somebody needs to do this. And they're like, yes, somebody needs to do this other than you and the people in your wedding, because they, no one can be expected to hold on to a dog, you know, during this or, or cat or whatever, <laughs> whatever's in the wedding. <laughs> well, I actually want to talk about more about that. I want to ask you when we come back from these messages, I want to come back and ask you if it's just dogs or if you would like... <laughs> take a horse or a cat so let's put a pin in that and we'll talk about that when we come back from these messages from our sponsors take a bite out of your competition advertise your business with an ad in pet life radio podcasts and radio shows there's no other pet related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than pet life radio with over 7 million monthly listeners pet life radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms and our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, radio.com tune in stitcher and other streaming apps for more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez and today we're talking weddings, weddings, and pets. And most people think if there's a pet attending a wedding, it's going to be a dog. But Jenna Reese, has there been a request for a cat at a wedding or a tiny horse or maybe a potbelly pig at a wedding? There have been all sorts of strange requests. For me, as the pet wedding the wedding pet attendant, I don't mind taking care of the pets. However, the final say-so usually relies on the venue themselves. Most venues do not allow farm animals. So that takes out horses, pigs, and all this other. They're not going to allow that. Cats, I will not take care of a cat at a wedding unless the cat is used to being walked on a leash. Um, I'm not going to take a cat unleashed, unharnessed. Um, it's just, it's a ridiculous idea. Oh my gosh, that would be a recipe for a lost cat, a crying bride, a groom looking everywhere for no, absolutely not. Like terrible. But a lot of people do train their pets to do certain things. I mean, ferrets walk down the aisle just like dogs do. A cat will too if they're used to being walked on a leash and they don't they don't care about people. And so that's where you have to think, okay, 
is this particular pet accustomed to being around people? Is this particular pet accustomed to people touching it? Because like the wedding that I just did, while I was walking down the aisle and it was in a small space because we were moved from the outside inside because it rained, people were reaching out, trying to touch the dog while I was walking down the aisle, which is super distracting while I'm trying to get the dog all the way down the aisle to give the rings to, you know, to the groom. And so it's distracting, but is your cat used to that? Is your ferret used to that? So you have to think, is this animal used to that sort of thing that could actually freak out an animal. It could make them scared and scared animals don't do nice things. And so this is why we usually end up with dogs and the right dog. Like my socks may she rest in peace would have bit the hand that was trying to like pet her while she was walking down the aisle. So that would not have been a good choice. And I no venue would have wanted her there. No. So I have another game to play with you now that we've kind of narrowed it down to dogs. I do think that couples like train, like they they'll learn like elaborate dances, right? For their Mm -hmm. weddings. So maybe working with a cat trainer to get a cat comfortable, assuming they have the right temperament might be something that could be done as long as, you know, like the, the planning timeline allows for it, right? It's possible. It's definitely possible. It's just that what you mentioned, the key word is time. Is the bride and or groom going to be able to take that type of time? Do they have the exposure? The exposure, you can take the time to get them to do certain things, but will they do that in front of 30 people or 50 people? Or will they do it, will they do it in that setting? So it's different um, because people, a couple weddings ago, the couple said, oh my, well, we had three, three dogs in that wedding, which I require two attendants if we have more than two dogs. And so they said, oh, this dog, this one's really feisty. You know, one person can handle that dog and the other could take the other two. This one's going to be, you know, the trouble during the, during the wedding. And this one's going to, this the easygoing one. Well, during the wedding, the so-called easygoing one was the one crying during the wedding. I literally had to just, we stay on the outskirts during the wedding to make sure in case any of the dogs have problems that we can quickly get them. And he started, he just started crying right away. And so I sat in the front seat to see if he would settle. He would not. I just walked up and grabbed him and just took him away. And the the so-called feisty dog was just sitting there, just enjoying himself. Now, I will say he did pee on the bridesmaid's dress, but I did tell her not to put him that close to her. Um, but he sat <laughs> quietly during the entire wedding. <laughs> Hopefully it was a dark enough dress that it didn't show. It was a very dark plum colored dress. So you, you didn't know it unless you were stalking or something to that effect. Unless you witnessed the shower. The deed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's play a game. It's called okay. Yay or Nay Wedding okay. Edition. Okay. Based on your experience and basically what you've just told us, would you recommend these things? Okay. Ready? Yay mm-hmm. or nay? Walking down the aisle with your pet. Yay or nay? Yay. As long as your pet is trained and will walk peacefully with you. If your dog normally drags you along, no. Oh, no, that would not be nice. Especially on like fancy heels or whatever it is you're wearing. No, no, no. Wedding gowns are not the most uh, easy to navigate. Like No, they're not accessories or attire all right speaking of attire dressing your pup up in festive attire yay or nay i'm neutral on this one um yay if your pet is going to be okay with it if they're okay with it if you have their custom if they don't mind walking around with a bandana on or you put 
their tuxedo because I've put tuxedos on dogs before and I've put dresses on dogs before. Um, if they're going to be okay with it, then that's fine. If they're not going to be okay with it, if they're scratching at it, itching at it, tugging at it, this is not a good idea because then they're just going to be bothered by it. And especially if they're live flowers, I am not really into live flowers because many of them are uh, toxic to the dogs. And sometimes they're sniffing things they shouldn't be sniffing or they're trying to get a little taste or they're just want to get it off. Um, and so they're trying to put it in their mouth. Um, and so I recommend fake flowers if we're going to go the flower route. Very good tip right there. Inviting your pup to the getting ready suite. Nay. Nay, right? I mean, listen, this show is called Covered in Pet Hair, but we don't want that gown to be covered in pet hair or pee-pee. Yeah, and it's not even just the hair. It's you Think of all the things that smell. Pets have different nostrils than we do. We smell sweet, funky, savory, things like that. Their nostrils, they work independently, and they can smell mascara and lipstick and powders and feminine products and sprays and perfumes and deodorants and all that. It's it's just like, it's sensory overload. It's really a lot. And then people are spraying and they're just, you know, <laughs> the it's poor pets, just, would, it's just a lot. They would be exhausted before the ceremony even started. Yeah, that's really good points right there. They also get a lot, into a lot of food and things like that that are, people are snacking on. So, Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it would be like a buffet and then they're a stomach ache and then they can't walk down the aisle. It's a disaster. Definitely don't do that. Embroidering a veil with the depiction of the bride's dog. The veil that the the bride wears? Yes. Nay. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing against those of you who've done it. Now, all those of you smirking at me, I can see you on the other (laughs) side there. Um, (laughs) I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I saw it on the internet. I promise. I did not even, you know what? I didn't even think when I was planning my wedding, that never entered my mind as an option. So this was something I found on Pinterest. Yes. This would need to be a seriously themed wedding. Um, if you're going to do something like that, I, I saw okay. stormtroopers in a wedding yesterday and I thought, okay, I, okay, that's different. You know, is it, that, that's the, but that's the theme. So yeah. I mean, I've seen um, Halloween themed weddings. Yes, the different themes, if, it's, if it matches the theme, but other than that, nay. Okay. Pocket square with the dog's face on it for the groom. Nay. Nay? Nay. This one was cute. I will say this one was cute. But yeah, I'm more of a traditionalist myself, too. Yeah. I, I think in weddings, it's one of those times in your life where you can do pretty much anything that you want. But I always tell people, consider who's there. Your Grammy, who is not as non-traditional as you are, if it's really going to offend them to the deepest core of who they are, it's not going to kill you if you don't do it. So there are things to consider because they're not going to be mad at you about it. They're going to be mad at your spouse and they will forever hold it against your spouse. They'll love you to the end of time, but your spouse, that's not so true. Yeah. And also it does it age well, right? Like right. you're young and you're hip, but like when you're like a 40 year old mom or 50 year old mom, by the time that I explain my wedding traditions to my kids, <laughs> like, will they be like, what were you thinking, mom? Yeah. Some right? things will be difficult to explain away. Yeah, for sure. And we'll have plenty to explain to our children. Let's keep the list small, Short. as small as <laughs> yeah. possible. All right. Including the pet in the first dance. Nay. I don't know if anybody has ever done that. I just made that up. (laughs) I've I've never seen it, but I'd say anything that has to do with the reception, it's time for the dog to go home. Oh, okay. I like that. And that brings me to my next one. Puppy themed escort card display. Like fetch your table number. I can take that. Yay. It's kind of cute. It's very cute. 
Yes, it's cute. So for those who don't know, the escort card is the one that tells you your, it says your name and what table you're seated at. So that's why it would say, fetch your table number. Right. And those things are something that you can really bring out your personalities a little bit more and in, in something like that and incorporate it in the decor. Cause sometimes if you've got this super glammed up wedding and then you've got some really weird quirky thing, it doesn't match, but you can something like that. You can sort of work in your personality um, into the decor. It can, it can work. Speaking of decor, having the wedding cake designer create a replica of the couple's pets and have them either peeking out from under the base of the cake or as, as a cake topper. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little kitschy, it's, right? It's yeah, it's cute. I mean, your cake, it's your, usually cakes are your own personality. So, I mean, you might have the woods on top of your cake. <laughs> you know, you might have the woods, but you might have a football up there. So you never know. Um, that's a, I think that's a personality thing, too. And it can totally be tastefully done. Like the one, yes. the one that I saw, it was a beautiful white cake. And it would look like it was folds on the bottom, kind of like mm-hmm. a curtain or a tablecloth. And the dog's little face was peeking out underneath <laughs> it. And it was tiny. So it's cute because it was like a traditional cake with a tiny little touch. Very cute. Very cute. Okay. Yes. So another thing that the last one, would you say yay or nay to a signature cocktail inspired by the dog somehow? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. So let's see. What, what would you do if you had to come up with a signature cocktail inspired by a pet? A signature cocktail. So the last wedding I did, her name was Honey. Super sweet. She honestly looked like a little stuffed animal. She's a poodle, so she poodle mix. So she her coat was really fluffed out. But a drink that had some kind of honey in it would be awesome, especially like a like a martini, like that has like honey in the, gla- like in the glass. Like a bee's knees. Mm-hmm. There's like bee's knees kinds of kind of drinks. I think I can't remember what's in the bee's knees, but that I've had them and they have a little honey. I think mm-hmm. maybe vodka or something. Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah. You see, that was yeah. quick. I'm impressed. <laughs> You know, you can always incorporate them in, in things like that. That's where a bride or a groom or a groom, groom, bride, bride, where their personalities come out a little bit more. Those are places where you can put your personality in there. And I love that for people who don't have pets that would do well in that environment, because I do think it takes a special pet to just adjust to something that's never happened in their life before and rise to the occasion. It takes a special pet. I don't think I've ever had one that would have done well in that kind of stressful situation either they were too shy or too temperamental usually so it's nice to like have ideas of ways to incorporate them while they're safe at home with the sitter right yeah it's i mean one thing that people have to understand too is to limit the amount of time that the dog is on site you know these girls got they started getting ready at 6 30 in the morning their wedding was at three okay so they're getting glammed up and they're starting or no no of course the guys didn't start getting ready till noon but (laughs) the guys were getting ready but just in a different way right so of course it's completely different but I mean, the dogs, they're not on site all that long time. And you want to keep that time as tight as possible uh, because it's a, it's a lot of stimulation. Um, people think, oh, look how cute. And they want to pet them. Some people want to give them things. If there's some food, if there's a cocktail, this or that, they want to give them things. If they, God forbid, if there's children there, I've literally had to just sort of go on walks just to keep them away from the kids because the kids come with their fingers and wanting to touch and this sort of thing. And so they do get tired. And this is something that people don't realize about dogs. They will get tired. I mean, literally when we snapped the last shot with honey, she was like, I'm ready to go home. She just started, yeah. <laughs> she just started walking because she's ready to go home. She was tired. They do tire out. 
Yeah. I mean, it's overstimulation, just like it is for the bridegroom, the brides, the grooms, the mothers of the bride, the fathers of the bride. Everybody's exhausted by the end of the day because all the emotion that is involved and all the planning that went into it and all the prep that went into it. It's an exhausting process, especially for a dog. So tell me, what's the most unconventional thing that your clients have done to incorporate their pets in their weddings? Luckily, I don't have anything crazy that anyone has asked. Um, I usually steer people. (laughs) I try to guide people because people think, oh, we'll have all three of them walk down together. Um, No, we won't. (laughs) 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 No, we won't. Um, How does that work when you normally walk them? Um, That that doesn't normally walk well. One always wants to be out in the front and pushing around. And so the other ones are jostling. So I try to guide them and I think you can avoid strange situations if you do that work up front. You know, when people suggest, oh, I was thinking we could do this or I would do that. And then I, well, did you consider this? (laughs) Um, And, you know, because the more you consider, the more you consider. And so we had a wedding where the, the floral arrangements were rather exotic. And so I always do a sniff about before the wedding. I let the dogs walk around, sniff, pee so that they don't, pee down the aisle, pee on things as they're walking down the aisle, they get, you know, acclimated with their surroundings. But it just so happened that the main floral thing right down at the altar, all the dogs wanted to pee on it. And I thought, Oh, boy, those things are in their bouquets. And so I had to instruct the bride, please hold your bouquet slightly away from the dog. Plus, unfortunately, that arrangement also had some toxic flowers in it. So they had to keep the the flowers away from the dogs. <laughs> so, um, but that one arrangement, I had to tell them when you get down to the altar, make sure that you stretch your arm out a little bit because they will all go beelining for that arrangement and they want to pee on it. So I think that's the wedding pet attendant's job is to sort of guide people when they come up with these interesting ideas of, oh, I want them to drive in on a car. I'm like, does your dog normally drive in on cars? Do you usually put your dog on the little the little car, the little remote control car? Your dog doesn't normally do that. Your dog is probably going to hop out. <laughs> and then where's your dog going to go if no one's attending your dog? And so um, there's some different things to sort of think about, but that would be the job of the wedding pet attendant to sort of guide the couple into thinking about some different things. Because of course, when you're getting married, the sky's the limit. You want to do everything. Absolutely. So speaking of that, what advice do you have for a couple that maybe just got engaged over Valentine's Day and wants to incorporate their pets into their wedding? I think the first thing to do is, you know, usually people are trying to find a venue first. You first want to ask the venue, number one, are pets allowed on your property? Is this something that I can do? And if yes, and if they're going to have an outdoor wedding, if it gets moved inside, can the dog now come inside? Because there are venues here where you can have the dog outside, you cannot have the dog inside. And so you would need to check and ask what are the restrictions? Because a lot of, you know, unfortunately, not everyone is a, a responsible pet owner. And so venues have had people come in and they've had their dogs pee places, they're unattended. And that's where they come up with all of those restrictions. And so Check with the venue first to make sure that this is even a possibility, because if it's that important to you, you want to select a venue. You don't want to put down any money or anything like that until you first find out, does this venue allow me to have pets here? If you've got two pets, is it going to allow my two pets? If it's, you have three pets, it is good, are they going to allow my three pets at this venue? And so you have to start asking some questions before. Um, I would say that would be the very first thing. Um, Because that's usually the first thing that people plan because at your venue, you usually have to plan out several months to a year or so. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I get it. As a former business owner, I feel like one pet, yes, three pets, <laughs> that seems like a lot of helenge for a lot, lack of a, an American <laughs> word, an English word to say. It sounds like a lot of a lot of stuff going on there with three dogs at a wedding venue where you already have to worry about liability with people drinking too much, emotions, family dynamics. As from a, wed- a wedding venue's point of view, that seems like a lot to take on for kind of a little bit, not really a payoff for them at all. Right. But I think two times are changing and people are becoming less traditional. And so venues also have to sort of they've got to change too. It's, it's just how it is. They have to change as well. Now, some that are more of like the, like the last wedding that I just did was at an arts and history museum. And so obviously there might be more restrictions because they're not going to risk ruining pieces of art, things like that. They're not going to allow dogs in a space that can't be hosed down or easily maintained, that sort of thing. So you have to sort of think about the venue first. And even, I would say even before that, is your dog really a decent candidate for this kind of thing? I mean, you might have a couch potato who's just going to like, just not, not going to like this sort of thing. Um, and so because I do a lot that time, people have told me, oh, I want them to stay with us during the reception. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to need to stay on call because I know they're going to call me. So one of the bridesmaids or one of the grooms, and they're going to call me and they're going to say, this dog wants to go home. Can you come pick them up? Because sometimes I will drop them off at the wedding. We'll do a couple of things and they want to keep them there. I'll drop them off and I'll leave and I'll come back and get them. Nine times out of 10, I come back and get them because usually it's, it's usually a partially inebriated groomsman or something that calls me and says, ah, are you the dog person? Uh, Cause the dog <laughs> wants to go home. And so, and so I'm like, I'm on my way. I usually stay close by. I'm like, cause I usually calculate the time. I'm like, mm, usually about this time, this is usually when they're, they're going to, and the larger the dog, the faster they're going to get tired. Wow. Good insights. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So what does your service kind of look like? Is it by the hour Is that you, that you charge or a package? I charge by the hour. Now, a lot of people have packages and things like that. Now I have nothing against companies who do that, but I'm a simple woman and a quote unquote package entails it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to do that. But each couple wants to do something different. One couple might want you to pick up the dog, take the dog to the groomer, bring the dog back home for a rest, take the dog to the venue, you know, stay for pictures and leave. The next couple might want you to, you know, put clothes on them and do all sorts of other things. It just each, in my opinion, I like to just sort of customize it per couple. So I actually just charge by the hour. And then also if you have more than two pets, I do for every two pets, another attendant needs to be there um, because literally anything can happen. Now, can I handle three pets? Yes. I walk three, three dogs all the time, but when people are dressed differently in a different that type of an environment you need to respect the environment and so i require that there be another attendant if there's more than two dogs um, and that usually just works out better makes perfect sense to me so if people are in florida how could they reach out to you and learn more about your services you can find me anywhere. You can find me at winterparkpetconcierge.com. I actually have a wedding page. Um, you can find me on Google. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Either way, all of those different ways. We are going to be sometime this year, we're going to be changing our name because I just took over another company, another pet sitting company. Congratulations and so- on that. Thank you. So somehow we're going to, thank you. So I just took over, I care for pets and somehow, I don't know how we're going to find another name. I don't know how uh, the name thing is, is I think it's going to put more gray hair on my head because I have had, I don't know how many suggestions that are so crazy. (laughs) 
Um, all I know is Pet Concierge is going to stay in the name. And outside of that, I have no idea. So, Very but for now, cool. winterparkpetconcierge.com, or you can look us up on Instagram, Facebook. You can find us there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Here's a, let's propose a toast to you and your family and all of the couples that you have helped get married. May they live very happily ever after with their pets and their families. Here is to our executive producer, Mark Winter, who makes this Marky! show possible. Yeah, Mark. She kept asking me who Mark is. Mark is our executive producer at Pet Life Radio. I always toast to him because he makes me sound good. And that's important. Yeah. So here's to you, Mark. Here's to all of our listeners on Pet Life Radio and our viewers on YouTube. Thank you for spending your time with us. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.